0: Back for another episode of End to End, me and Joe are with you, and we have a special day today because the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting, and we still have regular season games. I don't get it, but <laughs> at least the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting with the Capitals versus the Bruins. That is going to be more of the deadly battles in the first round of the playoffs for sure. And in uh, and later in the episode, we'll also be breaking down the playoffs in the first round, our predictions, how many games it's going to go, and obviously who's going to win that series. But first off, we'll start with some news that is groundbreaking, I think. And last week, obviously on Saturday night, we don't record, we recorded in the morning, and Connor McDavid hit point number 100 in the season in 53 games, right? Uh yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we like I no I don't think anyone doubted him to get 100 points in 53 games, but like the like the odds were very slim and he did it. So, I mean, hats off to Connor McDavid.
1: Yeah like I remember like the beginning of April or like mid-March he had like 60 something in like 40 games and like it was kind of like a stretch to hit it but then I think he had like since April 7th or something he had like 32 points in like 13 games or 14 games like he literally went on an absolute tear to hit it and he hit it even before like his last game like He hit it before, and we were debating if he would hit it at all, like about a month and a half ago. So he hit it. He had four points that night in that game, and then he had another four points in the last two games, and then he plays his last – I don't know if he's playing today. If he doesn't play today, he'll officially have 104 points in 55 games, which is literally one of the best seasons in NHL history. I I know we don't like to talk about analytics and stuff, but they did an era-adjusted points total. Yeah. For all NHL history, so going back 100-plus years, he had the second – he was – like, say if they played 82 games, era-adjusted, he would have had the second-best season of all time. All time, this guy, (laughs) crazy.
0: Yeah, and, like, the the season was 56 games – obviously back then I think the first guy is Howie Morenz, and I think they played like 20 games back then and there were six teams Yeah, <laughs> and he was on pace for like 180 points or something like that but like yeah like this guy is just one of the best players in NHL history he's going to go down as and just showing what his dominance can do hopefully the Oilers go far I mean he deserves it he literally has to carry that team in order to do that but I mean we'd love to see Connor McDavid in the conference finals versus those American teams but Yeah, hats off to McDavid and the Oilers for that uh, great accomplishment. One of the best seasons in NHL history for sure. And then we move on to a not-so-best season in the NHL, not even the history, just this year. Uh, The New York Rangers, uh, the owner, Tom Wilson, basically (laughs) dismantled half the organization. And I believe this week the Rangers fired David Quinn, their head coach, and their three assistant uh, coaches as well. Uh, I know we predicted this on a hot take at the beginning of the year, but I think we said before, let me go back to it. Hold on. Let's go back to it. Oh, yeah. No, we were right. Yeah. David Cohen will be fired before the NHL season ends. And it it ended, but I mean. It ended for
1: them. Yeah. I mean, we were kind of right.
0: No, we were right. We are definitely right because (laughs) I think we saw this coming. A lot of people saw it coming. And, you know, the Rangers, I think, are a good team. Just I think they need more of a, uh, like, a head coach like Gerard Galan, who they interviewed this week, actually. And I think that'd be a good fit. But with David Quinn, I mean, just talk about that and what (laughs) transpired.
1: Yeah, like they got off to a terrible start under Quinn. And then like literally when I think him and like some of the coaching staff got COVID, that's when they, they started to kind of wake up. Like this was, I think, maybe the end of February, early March. And then like they missed like a week or two, the coaches. And they like went off and then they came back and they kind of chugged along. And then obviously they missed the playoffs because they started so poorly even though they were in a tough division. I I mean, realistically, if they were in any other division, they probably would have made the playoffs the Rangers. So I can't blame Quinn too much. But, like, you just – over the last couple of years, like, their defensive game is awful because, like, their goalies constantly have to make so many saves. And, like, um, if they didn't have, like, someone like Adam Fox this year who really kind of came out into his zone and is a Norris candidate, I don't know where the team would be at without, like, someone like Fox kind of blossoming out of nowhere – This year, especially. Um, But yeah, I think like, so they interviewed Gallant as we, as you said, and that could be a great hire for them because Gallant likes to play a quick pace game like the Rangers want to do. Yeah. So I think that would be a a good hire for them, but I think they're uh, interviewing other candidates as well. So it's not just Gallant, but he would be, I think maybe the favorite to get that job.
0: Yeah, for sure. And his pedigree would say so with the Vegas Golden Knights, the Florida Panthers, what he was able to do with them. And then I guess we're talking about defensemen on the Rangers. Uh they just locked up uh Ryan Lindgren to a 3-year extension worth 3 million per. I mean, not not a bad signing, not a great signing. I'm not jumping for joy for this one for the Rangers, but you lock in a defensive-minded defenseman there and you know, I think that's what and you just pointed out, like that's what the Rangers need, some guys who could actually help uh the goalies without like them taking so many shots every night. So and I, I think another problem with the the Rangers, and it's very underrated, they don't really have the depth scoring as much as they'd like to. I mean, Filippito's good, Brett Howden's good, but they don't get the puck in the net uh, when you'd like them to. Mm-hmm. I think they rely on Panarin, Strom, uh, Lafreniere when he wants to score, Zibinejad when they want to score, right? And, you know, if those guys aren't clicking on the power play, I think your problem is 5v5, and I think that's what the Rangers kind of need. But, you know, with a guy like Gallant, like we said, and other head coaches in that job, I think they'd be a pretty good team And maybe a regular season uh like last year we saw before the COVID hit maybe just a regular year like that they need but you know we'll see what the rangers do from here
1: yeah so i i think like you said they're trending in the right direction they were in a tough division so i can't really blame them too much they made good progress but they kind of had a lot of problems swirling around them this year and the tom wilson <laughs> incident is obviously the biggest like player in that so we'll see where they go from here
0: Yep, and then another head coaching <laughs> disappearance is John Tortorella from the Clumbers Blue Jackets. Uh, we might have predicted this too. I don't know if we actually put it down pen to paper, but yeah, this one was coming, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, this one is like mutual. So like he was out of a contract and like they had literally an awful year. Everything <laughs> that could go wrong went wrong. The whole line a debacle. Um, so it's not really a firing because he was out of contract. So it's both like parted ways and uh yeah this was not a surprise in the slightest even though like if think about the bubble last year what they did against the Leafs and even Tampa they put up a good fight when you know that five overtime game versus Tampa um like they were kind of like in a decent spot but then they just literally fell apart at the seams like I just don't know what happened in Columbus there so we'll see who their next coach will be I have honestly no idea Maybe they'll hire someone with from within. I'm honestly not too sure there.
0: Yeah, I, I can't see them going like uh, with uh, with a coach who has a lot of pedigree. I don't think this team's like ready enough for a coach to be that good and step in a position where your team's not going to succeed. And I think they're just going to hire a young guy coming up, like a Jeremy Colleton type of guy, yeah, uh, who just goes in there and helps the younger guys and like develops their game. Because let's be honest here, John Tortorella isn't a coach for a bad team. I don't think he's never been on a bad team. Uh, I mean, the Vancouver Canucks made the playoffs a few years ago. He was with them, but they made the playoffs with them, So I guess he's doing the right job there. But John Tortorella needs a good team. And whether a good team out there is going to hire him for uh, the head coaching job, I don't know. We'll see. But um, another head coach, Rick Tockett, out of Arizona. They parted ways as well. That is a big loss for Arizona more than Rick Tockett, for sure.
1: A hundred percent. He's the only reason why they're competitive, in my opinion. Other than, like, maybe a few guys here and there, like Chickering. <laughs> Turning into like a almost a twenty goal scoring defenseman in this shortened season. Um, but yeah, Arizona has literally zero direction and their young guys have not done anything. Um Clayton Keller is getting paid over $7 million to give you like 30 to 40 points. Like, yeah, he had a
0: decent decent year, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, like he's supposed to lead that team yeah. to some place. Like they were in a playoff spot for like a, a good portion of the year, like kind of fighting, and then the, the St. Louis took off, and they really just fell off a cliff, Arizona. I don't know, and they're up against the cap too, so I have no idea what the direction of that team is. Um But yeah, Tockett could be a sneaky hire for a new NHL team in the Seattle Kraken, as I think him and Ron Francis have some sort of connection. They played together, I believe, back in the day. Mm -hmm. So I think that could be a pretty good hire as a first coach for the Seattle Kraken, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely like an underrated thing because, you know, we've seen Galan, we've seen Babcock's name. It's like Babcock's still out there. But um, Rick Tockett, yeah. Solid head coach. I think he was up for the Jack Adams last year, or maybe he was on the fourth seed for that nominee. But other than that, like if you're getting recognition on the Arizona Coyotes, you're doing something right. Right. So, um, the Arizona Coyotes also don't really have any picks in the future because they kind of got screwed and their first round pick is not going to count this year. So,
1: um,
0: I think they really need to look at the organization and trade a few guys and rebuild it again, start from fresh. Like it's not going to work if you're going to get guys because you have no assets first of all to acquire good guys. No, and you know Phil Kessel is a big fan of Rick Tockett. I think he might be out of there. He just he's a good player, Phil Kessel. I don't think he fits that style. You know, of Arizona. I think he needs to be like not the star of a franchise, but I think he needs to like not be like just unknown in a place like arizona but like i don't know they had good seasons from Chickering as well and the goaltending but yeah arizona really needs to kind of see a direction in their franchise i don't think it's a good one i think they're rebuilding but yeah we'll see what happens
1: yeah like you said it's gonna be tough to stay like you said they don't really have any assets and like i remember like remember before the start of the year like during the off season they were going to trade ekman larson to potentially boston Like, does that maybe get reopened again this summer? Because Ekman Larson is 100%, not even close to their best defenseman anymore. No, It's Chikorin by far, and he's younger, and I don't know. Ekman Larson really fell off a cliff. Like, four or five years ago, he was one of, like, the most underrated D, like, offensively and, like, pretty skilled. Now he's just (laughs) extremely overpaid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so they got stuff to do in Arizona for sure. They got the, I get the first step, I guess out of the way. And then the next step is the expansion draft. And then the next step is the draft where they don't have a first round pick. So uh, with that, we go to the Winnipeg jets and Paul Stasny has played his 1000th game. I believe he hit that mark on Wednesday or Thursday night. So congrats to him. Very like under the radar player. Nobody really talks about Paul Stasny. I think he has like 600 points or 700 points. I want to say, and, you know, he's a pretty solid player just nobody really talks about him
1: yeah because he was never really a superstar no, yeah. and, and you know he's had a he's had a very solid career uh, he's 35 years old he's obviously the son of or Peter. yeah the son of Peter Stasney' a Hall of famer obviously Paul Stasney's not a Hall of famer um, but like I'm just going to go quickly to his career stats, how many points yeah. he actually has. I was just
0: looking at that too.
1: <laughs> so he's, at, like you said, 1,001 games now. He's actually had 755 yeah. points, so great. almost 800 points in his career. So he's had a, a very good career. He started off great in Colorado. Like he had, I'm looking at it now. He had <laughs> three 70-plus-point seasons in his first four years in the league. And then he kind of tailed off. He had a couple 60 points and then mostly a 40-50-point to 50 point guy. Yeah, since then but like you said like a solid career nothing special but a very under the radar guy to hit a thousand games for sure
0: yeah yeah that's yeah for sure about that for paul stasny just a solid guy i mean second liner nothing else to say about paul stasny nothing but good things i guess right you hit a thousand games you have uh 755 points and counting so Yep. Uh, Paul in 8,000 games. Uh, next one is also part of the Canadian division. It's Artem Zub signing. A, I can't even like say this with a straight face, but signs a two-year extension worth $2.5 per. I mean, we're talking about the Eugene Melnik and Pierre Dorian era where they went into this year saying, we have cap space, we're going to use it to the good. Is this really using it to the good?
1: Uh, I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> they need defensemen. and he was, he had a rook, He was a rookie, to be fair, but he was twenty five years old. So, I mean, he did pretty. He's a good, I guess, a decent defensive defenseman. Nothing special. Um, but like he said, like two and a half million per is kind of rich for like what he actually brings to the table. Like, pretty sure you could have got him for like one point five for yeah. two years, or like two million yeah so like i mean ottawa has cap to spend they obviously have to lock up brady kachuk this offseason um but i mean whatever they need defenseman he was solid for them this year for the most part very defensive minded so i guess it's a decent signing
0: yeah i guess they have cap space, spend also use it i mean yeah they also have Mete, you said kachuk that's going to be a very um under the radar watch this offseason what he's going to get because is he going to get his brother's contract? Is he going to get more? We'll see. A lot of people are screaming for eight point five, and maybe that's too rich. But uh, sends sign Artem Zub, and we talked about the L- L- Lindgren signing. So I guess we could go to the official award winners. And you kind of wrote this down, so you could start. You could actually just name them all if you want.
1: Sure. So these are the official award winners. Uh this is just based purely on stats and like they've already won the awards. There's no like nominees for these awards. So the Art Ross obviously Connor McDavid. He's been the leader since day one. Uh he won by an absolute landslide. The second was his teammate Drysdale, I think with 80 points. And uh that's more than 20 plus points difference. So uh yeah, so that's a landslide. Rocker Shard is your boy, Austin Matthews, with 41 goals. And I think 52 or three games.
0: Yeah, something. Uh, 51, maybe a 52. Yeah, he didn't, like play,
1: he didn't play every game. So his goals per game was off the charts, obviously. And he won by a landslide, too. I think he won by eight, I want to say.
0: Yeah, I think McDavid had 33.
1: Yeah, so I think he won by, yeah, he won by eight. I'm looking at it now. So he had 41 goals, 66 or 67 points, which is, the points is obviously not his main suit, his, his main suit is goal scoring, so he won that. His first of probably many in his career, I would think. So good for Austin Matthews there. And then William M. Jennings. So this is the best goals against uh, between two goalies in the NHL. So this went to the Vegas Golden Knights tandem of Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. I don't have the number in front of me, their actual goals against, but I believe it was under 2.5, I want to say, combined. So that's why they won that award. And then the President's Trophy, this was clinched the other night, and that's by the Colorado Avalanche, who now have home ice throughout the playoffs. They're going to get a President's Trophy banner. And uh, we'll see if that uh, alleged. President's Trophy curse lives on because the last time a President's Trophy team won the cup was the Blackhawks in 2013. So it was eight years ago. So we'll see if the Avalanche could kind of break that somewhat curse.
0: Yeah, I believe this is their second President's Trophy. I think they won it the year they actually won the cup, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I mean, maybe history repeats itself, but yeah, they're just solid award winners. I believe this is Robin Leonard's third m jennings trophy actually that's <laughs> like i think he won on the islanders in the 17 no sorry eighteen nineteen season you might have won it last year i don't know but uh yeah congrats to robin leonard on winning that mcdavid obviously 100 points and matthew's 41 goals i mean just incredible season from him gonna get heart nominees probably not gonna win it because mcdavid hits 100 points but yeah this is the first rocker richard winner for the leafs in a long 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 time so i mean history is making for Austin Matthews there. Hopefully it does something in the playoffs. We're going to talk about it very, very soon. So uh, award winners there. And we'll, I think next week we kind of, sorry, one of the fans maybe listening. I don't know if he's going to listen, but uh, he suggested that we're going to do the not so awards uh, next week. So that's basically that all the players who, basically deserve the award in the sense that they were so bad this year that they deserve that award. So yeah, there's, there's going to be the master's award, the not so president's award, the not so heart, the not so Vesna, So that sort of thing. But yeah, we'll get into that next week for sure.
1: Yeah, that's going to be fun.
0: <laughs> we're going to bash every bad player. They've had an awful year this year, basically. Yeah. Um. So we can go into our predictions for round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like we mentioned off the top, the Bruins and uh, Capitals get it done tonight in game one. So that's the first playoff game uh, this year. And we'll go to that division first off with the East division. I guess we're talking about that game as well. We'll go to that game as well. And Caps versus Bruins. Uh, this is going to be a really tough battle. I don't see it being the closest series in the sense like it's going to be like 2-1, 3-2 every game. I think there's another series we're going to talk about, but this one's definitely going to be close in the sense that these two teams are very similar and, they play a fairly similar style game and they've had bad blood this year. So this series is going to be wild.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to watch this series. It's going to be great. And like Washington, there were some question marks about some of their, the health of some of their guys. Um, like Ovechkin was banged up. Oshi, backstrom. They're yeah. all going to play tonight. Big questions surrounding Evgeny Kuznetsov and Ilya Samsonov. They're still on the COVID list as of, I think Thursday or Friday. So I have no idea if they're playing tonight or if they're going to return. So the, if that doesn't happen, that's a big loss. But it, it doesn't really affect our prediction, though, does it? We both uh, have the Capitals winning in seven games, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. Like I could easily see the Bruins winning because that Taylor Hall acquisition really kind of bolsters their top six, and it's not just a one-line team. The only question I really have with Boston is if their defense can hold up, because obviously they have McAvoy leading the charge back there. But other than that, there, some of the guys are question marks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Washington is a very daunting top six <laughs> forwards as well. Um, so, like you, like I said, we both have caps in seven. So that's kind of my rationale. It. I I don't know if Boston like their decor can hold up throughout the whole series. So what's your reasoning for Caps in Seven?
0: My reasoning is basically very simple. The last two years have not favored the Capitals at all. Uh, They lost to a small market team in Carolina and then got bounced in, I believe, five games versus the Islanders. And uh, their captain this year, Alex Ovechkin, I said on the other podcast, this year has been a really tough year for him. Uh, If you were to just look at it, like, okay, yeah, his numbers may not say that, but he's not in the scoring race for the first time in how many years? He's on the COVID list for about, what, two weeks. He's injured. This guy is going to be so dialed in, I feel, and he's just going to, like, screw it. I'm going to score as many power play goals as I want. I'm going to score as many goals as I can. And I feel like this guy just has a lot of things going for him. I believe a quote came out two days ago. He's like, yeah, we're going to win this thing. And, you know, last two years, it's proven. Like, they've had the Todd Reardon guy. He didn't get it done. And then Peter Laviolette's here, and his team looks pretty good. So I just it comes down to Ovi, man. This guy's going to be so dialed in. I feel he's just not going to give an F, really. I don't care. <laughs> like, this guy's going to be so dialed in. So um, the, the two teams have, like, very similar weaknesses in the sense that they're opposite. So, like, the Bruins have the defense problem. I don't think Washington has a defense problem. The bottom six might favor the Bruins a bit, and then the Washington Capitals may not favor it. And then the goaltenders is definitely Washington, who's on the worse side than the Bruins. So, like, it's very opposite in a sense like that. So, that's why I think it'll be close. Both weaknesses will show up and both, like, positives will show up in the series. So, that's why I think it's going to go seven.
1: Yeah, and I hope you're right about the Ovi thing. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite player of all time. Um, I'd love for him to get another cup. I don't know if it's going to be this year. I mean, he's also a UFA at the end of the year. So, we have to take that into consideration into consideration like you said he's gonna go off i think he will too he's he's been able to rest up here and there for the last couple of weeks and yeah i think i think he'll be dialed in like you said and they'll propel the caps to a at least a round one victory over the bruins
0: yeah let's hope and they're i believe the last time these two teams played it was the washington capitals coming out in seven games in td garden i believe that was joe <laughs> ward getting the overtime winner there so maybe history repeats itself but this series is going to be very close so uh that's the first series of the east division the next one is the pens versus the islanders and you have another seven game series between this te- these two teams
1: i do so i have pens and seven and again i'm not too confident in saying this because the islanders swept the penguins two years ago in the first round um Pittsburgh looks like a better team than they did back in 2019. The Jeff Carter acquisition has been amazing for them. So far, Crosby's dialed in. They have Gensel and Russ playing well. Malkin's back healthy. So, I ultimately, I'll pick the Pens in seven. However, we always do this with the Islanders, but we underestimate them. We had them out in the first round last year, and they went to the conference finals. I believe we had them out even the year before as well. So, um i'm still gonna stick with the pens the islanders are not going to make it easy they they probably know pittsburgh's weaknesses because they're mostly the same team from two years ago with mike sullivan as the head coach barry trotz is still the head coach of the islanders so we'll see what happens i won't be surprised at all if the islanders win this series but i'm gonna stick with crosby and the pens in seven
0: yeah and then i'm gonna go with the pens in six as well i just think um the islanders have had so much success recently in the playoffs and i think it's bound to come to an end in round one like they've made it so far both times and like we're saying it every year after year after year this team's not that great they still get it done though so i give credit to them but like you said they're not going to make it easy but for some reason there's a feeling and i don't know why i think the penguins might sweep this team but that's just like a small feeling, but I think it's going to be six games just because the Islanders can play a style of the game where they just really trap the other team. And I think that's what they're going to do this series. So uh, I have pens in six, but I have a small feeling of a sweep, but
1: we'll see. Damn, you're the opposite of me. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. have a small feeling of a pen sweep. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders win. I just think, fashion.
0: yeah, like I just think it's the same with Ovi situation. Like Crosby and Malkin have been balanced in round one, like horrifically in horrific fashion. Yeah. yeah. So like they got, I think they're also dialed in as well, but like, it's just like, when is the Islander, when are the Islanders going to be actually out in
1: round one? Like, right. I don't know, man. We always underestimate I'm not going to be full the third time, (laughs) even though I'm still not even picking them. That's true. Yeah. We'll see that one's, that one's going to be tough to kind of see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, for sure um central division now and this is the first series we have hurricanes first predators this one i think is is fair to say right the most lopsided matchup in the first round i would say
1: yeah nashville has the least uh odds of winning a series by not by far but they have the least amount of odds to win a series so and the hurricanes man they're a a wagon this year like i think they only had like 10 or 11 regulation losses which is very good in a division with tampa and florida so yeah so what is your prediction for this series you both have the same winner
0: yeah so we have the hurricanes and i have them in five games basically for the reason that i think uc Saros is going to steal one game this year and you know i think we had the predators making the playoffs me and you and we didn't have sorry did we have them yeah we did i have them in the fourth spot i believe and that's where they got right so uh with the predators it's basically just their players haven't really showed up at all this year. We hinted that Matt Duchesne has, I think, six six goals and 13 points this year. That's not good enough for a guy making $8 million. But if the Hurricanes just play like they played uh, the past few years with a style they can, I think they're just really going to run over this Predators team. Look, the Predators came out, like, what, uh, two weeks before or a month before the trade deadline saying we're sellers, and look where they are now. And I think that, like, kind of... Uh, hints at what this series might be and it might be a very short one with the Hurricanes because the Hurricanes also swept the Rangers last year in the first like qualification thing for the Stanley Cup playoffs right so
1: yeah I mean
0: they're really good in first rounds for some reason but five games I'm giving the Predators but I don't know do you think like the Predators have a chance here like because I I, I really don't see them having a chance I don't know why
1: absolutely zero like you said like all their big guys are terrible on forwards except for like literally Forsberg like they have two guys making eight million who should be making like three million. <laughs> so like that's already an issue right there. Like again, I have Hurricanes as well. Also in five games, like you said, like Saros is going to steal one game because he's been like the best goalie in the league the last probably six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. If you just look at his stats, not not necessarily wins, but just stats. Um, I I could see him stealing a game, one game maybe at home in Nashville. So, uh, the Hurricanes are just too well coached too well balanced as a team to to like fumble this series or get upset like the hurricanes i'm sorry i mean sorry the predators don't really have anything going for them like they've had so many random guys just score like (laughs) 10 to 12 goals this year like i've never heard of (laughs) other than like you know eli tovelin who's one of their better prospects and now he's finally arrived but I mean, I just don't see anything with Nashville. Like, even after this year, I don't know what they're going to do, really. They have, like you said, like, they're going to be sellers for Ekholm and stuff. Well, Ekholm has one year left now instead of two, technically. So, we'll see what happens in the offseason with the Predators. Again, they could upset Carolina. (laughs) We both don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, and also, I mean, Carolina has three options in the back of the net, right? So if one guy fumbles, the other guy steps in. If that guy fumbles, the other guy's in. And they're all yeah. pretty solid. So, I mean, the chances are very good for the Carolina Hurricanes coming out in this one. And that's what we have. So uh, we can move on to the North Division. And we'll go with the series. I which...
1: forgot one series in the Central. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, my bad. My bad. Sorry. Central Division. And, okay, I forgot about this one. But this is going to be by far the closest series in the National Hockey League, I think, in my opinion. yeah. Save. And it's the Lightning versus the Panthers. Um, I have the Lightning and six. You have the Lightning in seven. But this, whatever games, it could go a sweep, five games, six games, seven games. It's going to be the closest, I feel, in this Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah. Um, Florida is so underratedly good this year. But they're also facing Tampa Bay, who's a Cup favorite. So it, it's really tough. Like, I have Lightning and seven. You have Lightning and six. The only thing that's going to keep Florida from winning is if that Russian machine comes back and is firing on all cylinders game one. If he's going quick right off the hop, then it's going to be a shorter series than it would be. You're obviously talking about
0: Kutrov, right? Yes,
1: I am. The Russian machine who has not played a game since last year's finals. (laughs) He's the biggest X factor in the entire playoffs for any team. Um, like I said, if, if he gets off to a slow start, like obviously he has not played in a very long time. If it takes him a while to get going, it's gonna be closer because Florida is very well coached and they're very well put together as a roster. Um, and they've caused the lightning a lot of problems yep. this year. And like like unlike the Hurricanes, the Lightning have one goalie and one goalie only, and that's Andre Vasilevsky who's the best goalie in the league. Hmm. If anything were to happen to him or he plays oh, poorly, God. they are screwed. But again, We both don't see that happening. You have Lightning in six. I have Lightning in seven. It's going to be a very tough series, I think. Again, if Kucherov comes back and is firing on all cylinders, it could be quicker for the Lightning to win, but I still have them in seven.
0: Yeah, and I believe this is the first Stanley Cup playoff game that Kucherov and Stamkos will be playing since game three or game four of the Columbus series, right? So if they get Magic, I don't know what's going to happen, but... Another X factor, and this is on the Florida Panthers side, is Sergei Bobrovsky. If he plays like $10 million, Sergei Bobrovsky, then they have a great chance to win. If he plays like $1 million, Sergei Bobrovsky, they don't have a chance to win. So, I mean, they also have Drejer, Spencer Knight. They could steal a series, but it comes down to Bob, man. He just got to play average, I guess, because the Florida Panthers could score. They can defend. And also Aaron Eckblad's going to be a massive hole on that defensive line- lineup, so... I mean, we'll see what happens, but this is going to be a close, close series. And some former players on either side. I mean, Stralman, Verhege on the uh, Florida side as well. So, we'll see what happens in the series. But it's really close for me. So, uh, yeah. I have a 607.
1: Yeah, also an underrated factor. Bobrovsky was on Columbus when they swept them two years ago. So, he knows how to beat Tampa in a playoff series if you want to kind of use that as an mm-hmm. X factor. But we'll see.
0: We'll see what happens. Uh, now we move to the North Division. And this is the rivalry we have on the podcast now. Uh, this is the first time in, I don't even know, a century, this te- these two teams that play in the playoffs, right? So Leafs versus Habs. Uh, the Maple Leafs are favorites against the Habs, but don't underestimate a team that can easily beat another team in the first round. Because we haven't done it in, uh, like, a decade. So, I mean, <laughs> but I have the Leafs in six. You all also have the Leafs in six. But... I mean, like we've said it all the time, uh, not even you, just me and other Leaf fans, we know just uh, you can't take any teams like lightly at all when it comes down to this team because we've choked so many times in the first round. And is this another year that they're going to do it? No,
1: no, I don't see it. Like you said, like they've choked a lot recently, as soon as even last playoffs in the bubble versus Columbus. Like you look at where Columbus was, is now as a team and franchise, and you, like, lost to them, like, that's, like, <laughs> that's not a good look, but, <laughs> I mean, well, they're diff- this is a different team. Um, They added a lot of good pieces in the off season. Jack Campbell really kind of saved their season in a sense. Like, if they had Anderson, how he played now, or, if, like, for example, like, Campbell wasn't playing like how he was, I think they really would have struggled, like, for most, like, half the season, but he's really established himself, He's ninety five percent most likely going to be the starter for the series. However, we do have to say this is the only goddamn series in the play the first round where there's a back to back. And I don't I hate that because you you have to ask the coaches to either play the backup goalie, which both teams have capable goalies they can put in, but it also could ruin the momentum of the other goalie. For example, I know this happened in the bubble. Um, this past playoffs, but we're not in a bubble anymore. So I don't know why you would have to have a back-to-back and in, in only this series. So I, I really don't like that. But like you said, the Leafs are not going to choke this year. I'm a realistic Habs fan. I'm not delusional. They, they should win in six games. I'm going to give Montreal two games if they're fully healthy, which they most likely will be in a week in about a week's time. Um, so yeah, I, we both have Leafs and six. Um, there could be an upset. I don't see it. If there is, uh, you might not want to talk to me. I won't be roasting anyone specifically on this podcast. <laughs> but there, I have some uh, grievances <laughs> with a bunch of other people from that fan base.
0: Yeah, it's on Twitter, all that stuff, right? Like, so I mean, it, I think the Leafs have the most to lose, maybe in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of all these teams,
1: yeah, they're up there. There's a couple other teams I would say, even maybe even like you know the Pens, the Caps, just in terms of their their even the Bruins, like terms of their age. Mm -hmm. Toronto has a lot more in the sense, like you said, based on their path to get to at least like the conference finals. Um, there'll never be an easier path for the for the Leafs. They don't have to play Boston or Tampa for the first time like ever basically there's there's another one or two teams we'll mention that have i would say even more to lose than the leafs just because the leafs have their core guys locked up still for next season but it's just more the opportunity to get as far as you can in a a division that's not the strongest out of the four so
0: yeah yeah we said that last year was columbus but yeah, we know what happened there. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, but to be fair, you would have had to play Tampa in round one. So.
0: Exactly right. So I mean, this is one of the easier routes, I guess. But like I've learned with this team, you can't take any team lightly. Like obviously, I mean, this is like you've seen the recent history, right? But they have a good team, and you know whether they want to be coached right, play right, they just got to do stuff that is right. And the power play has been clicking recently. You know, hopefully that kind of like comes to fruition and they kind of get going i mean matthews is going to be the leader of that for sure and it just means a lot to the fan base i guess because like it's finally showing a glimpse of hope in a sense where like they actually kind <laughs> win went around so yeah. i mean we'll see like the back-to-back is like so dumb i think it's like the guidelines between ontario and canada maybe they did that I, I don't know because it's a game three and four in Montreal. So
1: Yeah, like there's no travel, which is which makes sense obviously, but still like I just don't understand why. Like you could have just started the series earlier, but no, we gotta play the stupid ass Canucks and Flames to play for fuck all. Yeah, I don't get so. that at all.
0: But um that game three and four, like you said, maybe a backup goalie plays. I don't see that happening at all. I think the guy who played the previous night's gonna play again. I don't think yeah, they do th- that.
1: I think so too. It just who knows maybe someone like for example say campbell or price get lit up
0: yeah that's the only way I'd say. yeah it.
1: then like oh we'll have Allen because he started like <laughs> the last 20 games basically for montreal like they, they'll feel comfortable putting him yeah. in. so that's the only scenario i really see but we'll see
0: yeah we'll see all right so leafs and six for both of us there we go on to the next canadian series and this is the oilers versus the jets so this one is a weird one because, you know, Connor McDavid exists, right? I mean, he can easily win the series. But then the Jets are rolling into the playoffs very weak. I mean, they won last night versus the Maple Leafs. I mean, whatever you want to say about the last game of the year. But the Jets have a really great team, and I think we can't really overlook that because of the run they just went on uh, going into the playoffs, which wasn't very good. But we both have the Oilers winning this series, I think, for basically one reason. I think you could just mention it right now.
1: Yeah, it's 97, my dude. Yeah. And even and 41. Even tw- yeah, yeah, and 41. Mike <laughs> Smithy, man. The guy turned back the clock 10 years. He has been the savior of that team. If they still had Koskinen in between the pipes, they would have missed the playoffs probably. Smith's been that good for them. And he's been dialed in. Like, he hasn't had, I think he has less than 10 losses on his actual record, which is like nuts for a guy that was almost like on the. Like outs of retirement almost. Yeah. Now it looks like he's got a resurgence. But yeah, so like you said, you talked about the Jets. They were terrible the last 15 games or so. They won like three or four games of the last 15. Like they they almost made Montreal catch them for the third spot. Yep. It would have not got Leafs Habs, but. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the Jets, like, okay, the problem I have, we've kept saying this, is their defense is not good enough, and it caught up to them near the end of the year. Yep. Where Hellebuck didn't, couldn't make 40-plus saves and all these ridiculous highlight reel saves he was making versus even, you know, earlier in the season versus the Leafs and Habs. He was, like, literally standing on his head. It kind of caught up to them. Now they got some time to kind of recover a bit. Yep. Hopefully, Nikolai Ehlers will be back in the full team. It was a big loss for them uh, near the end of the season there. So he should be back for game one, most likely. Guys are going to be rested and stuff, so we'll see. But again, I think the Oilers are going to persevere in seven games. They got upset by the Blackhawks, similar to the Leafs. Like they were very favored in, the, in that Blackhawks series last year in the bubble. And they lost, in, I think, four games. I don't yeah. even think it went five. So no, Crawford games. stood on his head, and they won that series. But I think McDavid's on a mission this year, as we saw during this regular season. He won't be denied another playoff loss, at least in the first round. Who knows about past that? But mm-hmm. I think they, I have the Oilers in seven. I think yeah. they're going to win this one.
0: Yeah, and there's a theme this year with a lot of players pissed off with non-playoff success. And I think David is definitely the front-line player for that one because I believe he had nine points in four games last year and they still lost that series versus Chicago. So, yep. I mean, he has blood on his hands for sure. But the Jets have a forward type playoff built team i think Mm -hmm. they have a big team good top six so i mean that on that front they're pretty fine but like you said the defensive side it's not great so
1: yeah like McDavid McDavid could have used that
0: defense (laughs) (laughs) and on the power play i mean look out so yeah Uh, i have oilers in six so giving the jets two games here i'm like i don't know we'll we'll see what happens but mcdavid it's just mcdavid right you got to kind of respect that what he does so uh, that's the North Division. Move on to the West, and we just found out this series and playoff matchups late, late, late Thursday night. So, freshly new. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will play the Minnesota Wild, and in this series, we both have the Vegas Golden Knights. I have Vegas in five. You have Vegas in six. Why do you have Vegas in six?
1: <laughs> Simply because the Wild have high kind of Vegas number in the regular season. I know it's a clean slate in the playoffs and I could just see that those goalies, like Cam Talbot and Kakanen like came out of nowhere really this year. And basically was the main reason Minnesota was really good uh, along with Kirill Kaprasov. So I could see them stealing a few games. We saw what happened to Vegas last year in the, in the playoffs versus Dallas. Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. Where Hudobin literally stood on his head and they could not score and they lost in six games versus Dallas, I believe. So, yeah. Um, uh, Vegas, sometimes they have trouble scoring. I don't think that's gonna be the case with Minnesota. They like I said, Talbot or Kakan and whoever is the starter, I think is i gonna steal them one or two games, but overall Vegas is the much better team, top to bottom, especially on in for, for forwards. Mm-hmm. Decors are pretty pretty uh, solid, I would say, for both sides. And then the goaltending is great for both sides. Mm-hmm. So it's more coming back to how many games can the Wilds goaltending steal. That's what it comes down to, but we I have Vegas in six,
0: yeah, and I have Vegas in five. Just I think they really match up versus the Minnesota Wild well, and that's why I have them in uh, five games, right? So the Vegas offense is pretty potent. I mean, that's no doubt about that. And then the Vegas defense is also potent, and the goalie is also very good as well. So I mean, top to bottom, I think they're a better team than the Wild. There's no denying that. But you also got to respect what what the Wild did this year. I mean, a lot of people, and I think including myself and you had Minnesota on the outside and actually the San Jose sharks in the playoffs. So Yikes. I mean, yeah. Uh, the Minnesota wild, I believe they had 34, 33 wins this year. So you got to respect that for sure. Is Kaprasov going to continue this in the playoffs? We don't know. He's never played in them first off. And is Cam and Kakinen going to do this? I don't know. So but a lot, uh, question marks, I guess going into the year, uh, sorry, the playoffs for the wild, but I think they'll be fine. Just, I think Vegas is going to very like much dominate this series. I think they just had enough as well. They also have a bit on the line as well. Cause they have so much ex- expectation going to the playoffs every year. They make it so far every year and then they just, you know, they lose. Right. So yeah, uh, they got to win.
1: Yeah. That's why this was my, I think this is the team that has the most to, to lose this playoffs because they're so far up against the cap. <laughs> and remember this time last year or like, after the bubble they lost, they were debating on trading flurry away patch already. Imagine <laughs> if they didn't have those two guys this year, <laughs> they wouldn't, they would not even, they would have been like in the third or fourth spot easily. They would have not been that good. Um, so that, and like they're, they, they're not a young team whatsoever no, no. either. Like they're an older team. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys in their thirties for sure on that team. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I think they have the the most, I would say expectation Okay. Because obviously they haven't won yet. I mean, they've yeah. only been in the league four years, but they keep kind of raising the stakes for themselves every offseason with the trades and the <laughs> signings <laughs> that they're making. Yeah. Now Petrangelo in the fold. So Vegas, I think, has the most to lose overall in this playoffs, just because they haven't won like the Capitals or the Bruins or the Penguins. And the Leafs are are younger overall in terms of their core. Um, Vegas, I think, has the most to lose in this playoffs.
0: Yep. So, I mean, they got to make it far. They got to win this thing because they have a great team. I'd love to see that happen. So next team, though, they're going to have to get through these two teams as well. (laughs) If they (laughs) get through this first round and it's Colorado versus St. Louis in the first round there in the West division. Uh, I have the Avs in five games and then you have the Avs in six games. I have the Avs in five just based on the reason that I think they really match up well against the blues. And I'm not knocking against the blues. I like I, I really like their team. Just can they figure it out? Can Bennington figure it out? Is Tarasenko going to play? They have so many like holes in their lineup if they don't play. And they also lost Petrangelo this summer. Obviously we know that that's a big hole as well. Is crew going to carry the load? I don't know, but sorry, not Kale McCarr is better. Obviously Kale McCarr is better than the crew, but the Colorado Avalanche don't really have question marks at all. Like they, they, we know their team, we know what they're capable of. They don't have other side effects that's going on with their team. They're dialed in as well. So, I mean, they had a horrible loss versus the Dallas Stars. You could say all you want. If they had a healthy lineup, they'd beat them. Sure, I think that's the case. But now that they do, I mean, they're very, very, very dangerous. So, the Blues-Vegas matchup would have been close. The Minnesota-Colorado matchup would have been close. But since they're not playing each other, it's kind of opposite now. I think these two series are actually walks for both sides. So, I don't know. I like the Blues team a lot, but I, I just see Colorado kind of wiping the floor.
1: Yeah, I also have the Avalanche, but in six games, and the only reason I had them going an extra game is because they the Blues still have a lot of that yeah. team from the twenty nineteen. Obviously, without Petrangelo, it was a huge loss, but they still got the Goldie, they, they got the forwards, they have you know Krug, Pareko, and Falk, Vince Dunn as the D corps, Gandella. So I think they could win a few games here and there because they have that experience. Um, how far did they get? They lost to Vancouver in the first round last year, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So they, they kind of, they struggled last year. Now it's all on Bennington. He was a horrible <laughs> in that series. You had to throw Allen in there and like, they put Bennington in for game six and they literally lost cause they did that. But I don't know. I'm not saying they're not going to win the series. No way. But what the, the experience they have, I could see them winning one or two games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I got to respect the Blues as well, but every time I keep respecting them, they just don't do it for me. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, I got to give it to the Colorado Avalanche there. They're a deadly team. But, I mean, I, I don't see an upset coming here for the Avs in Vegas. I can't see it. I just want to see that second round between those two teams. They're so great. So
1: It's going to be a shame that two of the top three cup favorites are going to fucking be out <laughs> in the second round. Yeah,
0: so... Well uh we'll see what happens. But the playoffs start tonight, uh Capitals there's Bruins, and then it gets it gets really going Sunday. So that's been our predictions for this episode. We can move on into the awards segment. So this is the awards, uh hard hat, golden plunger, what you say. And then we're gonna talk about Bottle of the Buds as well. But we'll start off with the hard hat here. words to the best player in the NHL the past week of play. My guy is the guy we basically just talked about on the blues. It's David Perron. They're best player this year you could argue O'Reilly but their best point scorer this year was David Perron and he finished the year very strong 3 games played 3 goals 4 assists 7 points in those 3 games plus 4 two power play points i mean such a solid player for the blues and such a solid player recently since he basically got thrown to Vegas in the expansion draft and he has been a very deadly player since that and you know very much respect to David Perron one like a very dominant player in the NHL for sure so uh he's heading hot into the playoffs so that's something to watch oh i know you picked him in the playoffs and you also picked o'reilly so you're hoping the blues get a win there
1: i'm just hoping they go off too (laughs) i mean they're two good players that are i couldn't leave off the board too long in the for the playoff pool but we'll see it just it's always just in case for upsets never know man yeah bauer could go down game one and then that colorado team is finito so (laughs) never know But, uh, yeah, so that's a good pick there in Perron. He's literally been amazing since he turned, like, 30 years old, similar to another guy um, on Montreal, Jeff Petrie. But Mm -hmm. it's like they literally turned 30, and they actually turned, like, 22. So (laughs) I don't know what happened there. But, yeah, so that's a good pick there. Mine, I'm just going to go with McDavid. Easy pick here. Three games played, two goals, six assists for eight points, four power play assists, one game winner in overtime um yeah he had eight points in three games he had four in that one game like we said when he hit 100 that was right after we recorded that night so i just had to give more yeah. props to this guy because we have never seen anything close to this ever like we thought the Kucherov year was unbelievable this guy was like 20 points back with th- 20 like with like 30 games less almost so it's just it's, it's in it's insane so Conor McDavid is my pick. Nice and easy.
0: Yeah, nice and easy. He deserves all the credit he gets. So uh, now we move on to the not-so-credit award, basically, the Golden Plunger. So flush the toilet. And I'm giving it to a player. You're giving it to a team. We'll start with you first. We talked about this team very, very recently with the prediction. So go ahead and name that team.
1: Yeah, so this one's not really because they were bad or, like, some like something like that like how we usually do this is more based on a lost opportunity and that's the Vegas Golden Knights so they were leading the presence Trophy race over Colorado with I think three or four games left like all they needed was one win in a mm-hmm. certain amount of time and they didn't do that they lost because they had that cap problem yeah <laughs> they could only play 15 players first the wild I think yeah something like that and they lost the lead. Colorado won all their last games and won the President's Trophy. Imagine if Vegas was guaranteed home ice for the entire playoffs with 20,000 lunatics, basically <laughs> most likely starting round two, which would be against most likely Colorado. So that would have been insane and a huge advantage for for the Golden Knights. And it was just like a missed opportunity that they kind of struggled the last couple of games there to miss out on the President's Trophy.
0: Yep. agree. I mean, yeah, that's what you want to go in the playoffs is going on a hot note. And uh, they basically just fumbled that presidential because it was basically almost guaranteed. I think they had a six or four point lead on Colorado. So, Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're not a bad team at all, but just like, yeah, that's a missed opportunity for them. But I don't have my guy written down for a specific reason. And um, maybe you can guess it. I don't know. But this guy came out, uh, I believe, two days ago and said he wants to come back for another year. And I believe he – I don't think he should. I think he should just retire, and that's Patrick Marlowe. Yes. Um, He's getting my golden plunger – yeah, he's getting my golden plunger specifically one reason is that comment. I mean, Patty, you're not very good anymore, man. Like, I'm just going to read his stats. You're going to fall on the floor when I read this. He has one assist in the last 18 games, (laughs) and he wants to come back for another year. Sure. That milestone was great. I think that's the reason you played this year, Patty, but you got to let go, man. You got to hang up the skates. You're just not very effective anymore. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have him as the golden plunger. And you know, don't ruin your career, man. Like don't ruin the legacy you left behind. I think you're a hall of famer, but just don't like push the limits now. Like you're, you're on a fourth, you're on the fourth line in San Jose. Like they're not even a good team. So I don't know. I think just Patty to hang up the skates, buddy. Like you don't need to play another year. You're forty one years old. Help the team out by just not signing a contract. <laughs> Sorry exactly. about that. But yeah, Patty Marlowe's my uh golden plunger award. I believe he has like nine points this year.
1: That's phenomenal. That's not great. Yeah.
0: Nine <laughs> points in fifty six games.
1: So Oh my god.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, he
1: should he should not come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, just for his sake. I mean, don't ruin that thing you left behind, right? So
1: yeah, exactly. You got the record. Now go off into the San Jose sunset. Like it's honestly the same with his butt buddy Jumbo Joe, who apparently has felt one hundred and twenty percent this year when he had like ten points playing with like the top six, 80 percent of the year. So he's another like Thorin's another one. If he doesn't get the cup, like with Toronto, Yeah, that's like, it. Come on. Yeah, like I'm sorry. You've had your you've had your chances. You're forty-one. I understand you're a team guy. The entire world wants, like, loves you and stuff. But you're just like these guys are not effective, and they think like they're like 25 still, and it's just you're you're not anymore. Like, yeah, you don't have the speed or not the effectiveness. Like they brought in Joe Jumbo for his leadership, which he's provided. They've had a great year, the Leafs, but like he was placed on like the top two lines for like I would say half the year, and he did nothing for most of it. And now he's, like, more of a – he's in the fourth-line role on the second – he's on the power play, first power play unit. Like, what are you doing? Like, So it's just about time for those guys. They've had their records. Again, if Jumbo doesn't get the cup this year, he has, I think he has to retire. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, and he's saying he wants to come back as well too. But, like, is yeah. that on the Leafs? I, I don't know.
1: But I, I don't see it. I, I see the Leafs bring back Spezza for sure. Spezza still has gas left in the tank. Um, I don't think Joe does really forget like the opportunities that he's been given like ice time and like power play and stuff like that. So
0: yeah, it would almost feel weird. Like one of Thornton or Marlowe leaving at different times. I feel like they should retire in the same season and this is a perfect opportunity basically to do that. So yeah, um, we could go to what you say now. So Jason ruler, what are playing?
1: Ooh, what you playing?
0: And this is the, funniest quote from the last week by a player coach or management and this is Paul Maurice's quote for a charity game I actually didn't every time we put Paul Maurice here I never hear his quotes I never
1: (laughs) okay so I'll give context so they were asking about the last game Leafs and Jets obviously which was played last night the Jets winning that one but they were saying like oh like obviously you guys are in your seedings and like you're kind of like the Leafs like the like Marner didn't play and stuff like that or whatever And he basically, like, I've never heard a coach say this. He basically even said, he's like, this is going to sound like a disgrace to the hockey. But he's like, oh, we're going to basically, you know, treat this like a charity game.
0: This guy just like, just like the biggest, I don't know, press conference guy ever.
1: Yeah, he is like a, he's a pure vet coach (laughs) who, I think you have to be a veteran coach to kind of say something like that um but like yeah he is not afraid to speak his mind or like be you know tongue in cheek with his comments which makes him f- interesting
0: yeah he's definitely had some interesting characters on that team and he's one of them so Paul Maurice gifted us I believe four or three what you say's this week himself so yeah. he probably gets the what you say award this year
1: yeah big Paulie.
0: uh battle the buds now. If we're talking about a team going to the Golden plunger, I think it's mine, man. Like, I went one and two this past week. You went two and one, slowly catching up. I don't know if we're done with the Battle of the Buds. And, the, like, I think with the regular season's done. So, I mean, unless we're counting those Va- Vancouver versus Calgary games, but no, I, I doubt we're doing that. So, um, my last few games, Lightning versus Panthers, they fumbled that one. Maple Leafs versus Sens. Yeah, they fumbled that one. And the Golden Knights versus the Sharks, they didn't fumble that one, but. You had the Avalanche at Kings. They got that one. The Oilers at Canucks. That was McDavid's four-point game. And the Maple Leafs fumbled again versus the Jets uh, last night. So 2-1 this week, 1-2. and two. Overall record for me, 38-16. and 16, You, 34-20. and 20.
1: Yeah, I'm just happy I was able to make a good comeback. I was down, I think, like 12 games oh, at yeah. one point. And I got it to four. So honestly, that's a victory in itself.
0: Yeah, so maybe like the next or the playoff battle of the buds can be the predictions. I mean, we could use that, I guess.
1: Or do you want to like? This is kind of too late to do this now, but we could have just predicted who wins what game in the playoffs in the so, series. Like, yeah, so like for example, like I would say the Capitals win game one, or like oh, Bruins that's win- tough. Yeah, that's that's too hard, I think, because like <laughs> every game is almost a coin flip in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be too difficult. We could just do series. So like, say like Penguins win in six, you'll get that point. Yeah, if exactly. Penguins win in seven, I get it. Or if like they don't win, then we don't get a point or something sure. like that. We could do sure. that.
0: Yeah, I'm down with that. So okay. That's been the regular season battle of the buds. We will be closing that segment until next year when the regular season restarts. Um, now we go to Joe Spicy Meatball. We're right before the playoffs. I don't know if you have one cooking, but if you do, this is the perfect opportunity to. Let it go.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is not really a spicy meatball because this team sh- has a very good chance of winning the cup. And that is the avalanche will be hoisting the cup for the third time in their history this season.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Um, you know, like I like to say yes, but I also it's basically
1: have- either the avalanche or the field.
0: Yeah, basically, you're right. Um, since they have to versus Vegas, and they and then Vegas also has to play them, maybe the second round, I'm going to say no. Uh, I just like Vegas more. And I think, you know what, Colorado has a lot more opportunities to get the kick at a can. And the Vegas Golden Knights this year, I'm not saying their team's obviously going to get dismantled. No, I'm not saying that at all, but they're old, dude. They got to get this done. So I'm going to play the field and say no. I like the Colorado Avalanche a lot, just, I don't know. There's something about that team where I'm just like, they're a wagon, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, players won't show up in certain scenarios, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I've been wrong before, so hopefully I'm wrong again. Uh, yeah, that's that's Joe Me- Spicy Meatball. So I think we could run th- – I believe we run, ran through this a few weeks ago, but a lot of things we've actually got right, and the season is closed. So the David Quinn – Dan Quinn one – David Quinn, I don't even know his freaking name. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> that one's right, so I'm going to highlight that right um detroit won the lottery that hasn't happened yet uh eichel trade will keep tabs on that for sure flyers are most the playoffs i said no when they missed the playoffs uh
1: by a lot
0: yeah <laughs> what else islanders will get hall and make the finals so they didn't get Hall. i'll highlight that red um toronto Maple please will sweep the oilers that, that didn't, didn't happen. happen so i guess it's like orange I actually guess.
1: it could oh wait i said first round damn because yeah. that could actually happen in the second it round? could you're
0: right i should have um, said
1: just overall
0: wild will get Haw. i said no tampa bay back to back i said no Connor mcdavid i said no i don't know if that's gonna happen but
1: oh, yeah we'll have to wait
0: habs will get third in division uh we said you're no right. right so um flyers will make a manager what other one did we did we no, that's it. Yeah, we're done. Okay, yeah, all those ones are gonna be basically done this off season and before the regular season. So, right before season four, this will basically get uh, put to rest. And then we'll go on to season two, I believe, of or season three of Joe Spicy Meatball.
1: Yeah, we started it like halfway through last year. Um. So yeah, we'll do a full another full season two, I guess you could say two point five of Joe Spicy Meatball
0: yeah i mean you've got a lot like cooking and like the fridge and you've got a lot you got what 50, twenty-eight.
1: yeah and there's some of them are not the greatest some of them are really good um sometimes just especially near the end of the season there wasn't that much like crazy happening in terms of like points and like who's yeah. gonna make the playoffs and stuff so um, hopefully next season with a full 82 games, regular divisions, there'll be more spiciness. Yeah. So we'll see.
0: We'll see. All right. That's been the episode. Um, follow all our content. I believe Tom just posted the Washington versus Bruins matchup and what he predicts there, who's going to win that series. So that's up on the breakdownsports.com. So go check that out. Series starts tonight, as I mentioned, 50 bajillion times. I'm just so excited for playoffs, honestly. Like, who isn't, right? So, um, Yeah, that's been basically it. Do you have any last words, any articles in the pipeline?
1: So I'm going to have a central division preview out today as well. And just looking at the Hurricanes National Series in Tampa, Florida, it's going to go more in depth than what we talked about uh, in this episode. So keep a lookout for that. Hopefully it'll be out tomorrow morning or later tonight because the series starts at 12 p.m. tomorrow. Yeah. So, and that's, and uh, in terms of other articles, not any else right now, we might do a, I might do a, uh, like a prediction maybe for the awards. Okay, but we'll see.
0: We'll see. All right. Last words for me, basically the same thing. North Division preview and predictions for that, uh, for those two series happening there. That'll be out next week because apparently they start next Thursday, which makes absolutely no sense. But hey, we got to get the regular season done first, right? So that's more important than starting the playoffs on time. But whatever, NHL wants to do what they want. So that's been it. Uh, predictions are out if you want to check it out and kind of comment on our predictions go on twitter uh at the break at the underscore breakdown and on our instagram at the underscore breakdown as well so that's been it playoff hockey's on and end to end we'll be back
1: next saturday
0: join us in the next one